0: The Scottish FA Cup 4th round, Regan City 0, Dundee United 1, Clydebank against Burnian as a late kickoff. Dundee 1, Meadowbank-Thistle 1, Hamilton Academical 1, Motherwell 2, Harding against Celtic, late kick
1: How are you doing? Pleasure to meet you, oh, elbow to elbow. Oh. This is Sam, yeah. We got in the broom wagon and headed east out of Edinburgh to Linlithgow, home of the West Lothian cycle circuit. There we met one of the driving forces behind the circuit's creation before setting off for stage nine of the Tour de Cosse, the final one of this portion of the tour, which would take us a total of 55 kilometres via Falkirk, Stenhouse-Muir and Stirling to Alloa, where we would watch Alloa Athletic take on Clyde in Scottish League Division One.
2: OK, I'm Matt Ball. I'm... um. Uh, a board member of the Lithgow Community Development Trust I'm also a founding member of West Lothian Clarion um, and the club started here about 12 years ago and then 10 years ago we set up a youth section and we're coaching 120 kids on this site at the moment uh, once a week. Um, as you came in you might have seen some markings on the grass so we coach on the grass CX skills, road skills, mountain biking and then um, a what f- the football club who's also based here wants to get a, f- a 5G pitch And to get the 5G pitch, we needed a multi-sport facility because that's the best way to get funding to get these sort of things built. So they asked the Athletics Club and the Cycling Club to come in on that. Um, So we we drew up plans, which I've I've got here. This is probably the fourth iteration of the plans. Um, But as it happened, the football club managed to get a big investment from Scottish football. So they got the 4G pitch, which is just here, uh, there. And uh, so we thought, well, well, we really need a Cycling facility. We want to make this a community hub um, with the anchor being cycling, so we can get more people on bikes. That's what we want to do: is get more people cycling to to, to appreciate the the health benefits the, and the, the mental health benefits you get from riding a bike in the open air. Um, so we came with this plan of having f- three core um, user groups. Really, we've got sports cyclists, we've got active life cyclists, people who just want to ride the bikes, and we've got um, all ability cyclists. So, for instance, Ben Rollings is an Olympian who until recently lived in the Lithgow. Yeah, he's, an, he's in a wheelchair he's a wheelchair athlete and he's got a train on the open road and he thinks if we get this facility here you're going to get um, um, hand cyclists and all ability athletes come in here to train so that's, that's going to be fantastic, can you imagine if we get a Paralympian uh, gold medalist from our club, um, so that's what we want to do there, all ability cycling with um, active lives you know if you chat to people they, they don't know where to start um, You know, I'll go and deliver a letter in the post office i chat to the lady in the post office she's got an electric bike she fell off she's too scared to use it i tell her about the cycle circuit and goes, that's that's ideal you know um completely traffic free it's uh, fenced off and fully lit so all year round use um beautiful smooth tarmac and i see it as a, as a sort of a pathway so you start off at the cycle circuit you get your confidence then just along here that canal is the sustrans route that takes you from Edinburgh to glasgow at the end of that, about two miles down that road, which you might go on today, is, uh, you, you open up to some beautiful lanes of Falkirk, which you go out for a ride and you just don't see any cars. It's not like England where they're all over the place. Up here there's, there's not that many. It's just fantastic. So that's that, it's like a three-step pathway, and this is the start. Um, we've partnered up now with Scottish Cycling, West Lothian Leisure, and West Lothian Council, who are tendering and delivering the, the project and Sports Scotland so it's a, a real partnership project now and West Lothian Leisure they want to run daytime sessions here so instead of doing a, a spin class you'd come and do a, a ride out here, they want to do lead rides from the cycle circuit, so so you can see how over time a community is going to be built up for people to share knowledge, um, inspire each other and just get on their bikes and, and enjoy life.
1: What sort of facilities similar to this are there in Scotland because where I live within an hour and so's drive I've got the Hillingdon circuit, I've got the one at Hog Hill which was uh, a legacy of the Olympics and I'm sure there's others um, that I can't think of off the top of my head but we're fairly well blessed so what's the picture like in Scotland
2: as a whole? Well, until about three years ago there wasn't anything we'd be using the, um, like the airport down at Edinburgh and that was just getting really expensive to hire out so you've got now you've got a facility in Loch Gelly, which is over in Fife um, and that is the only facility in Scotland uh, we, we were going to be the first facility but when you're dealing with a project like this, it's, I didn't realise it was going to be like a 10-year project and uh, take up so much time. But you get so many gates that you have to get through. So Loch Kelly. Managed, managed to come along and get those open to begin with. But there's this one, and um, there's a new one um, being built in Glasgow. And both our facility and the Glasgow facility are, are benefited from um, the World Championships in 2023 and the legacy funding that came about that through Sports Scotland. And we had a very big cash injection, and without that we wouldn't be in a situation we are in now.
1: I must say the Sustrans National Cycle Route has been an absolute revelation to me up here. We've we've really, even going crisscrossing around Glasgow, and, and certainly coming across from Glasgow to Edinburgh, we've barely been on anything you would describe as a busy road. It strikes me that even in the urban areas, the bike could be you know really integral part of uh, people's you know travel solutions i would say round glasgow there's quite a lot of broken glass on on some of the paths but in general they're in really good nick um but this circuit itself i mean just describe to me uh, exactly what it is that you're you're getting built
2: well we're just at the entrance just over there where you come in um and it is a four loop circuit so from a from a coaching point of view you can you can coach four right four groups of 20 riders at the same time we've got landscaped area in the middle where you could do some grass track coaching or just simple basic skills with youngsters so you could get quite conceivably 80 80 riders on the, on this circuit in one go um we've also so 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 <laughs> and we have which is still on the plans you can see it is the cobble section which uh, the podcast uh, listeners uh, uh, donated money to and through the through the sale of the mugs and that's still there um we have to get the circuit built but i am determined to get that built because uh, come the spring classics it's just going to be fantastic to ha- incorporate it into a bike race and everyone's going to love it they're going to come from miles around to take part in a race and that's going to have a lot of people either side of it i'd like to get it um sponsored by 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 an organization that, can, that would get their face on a lot of a lot of uh, photographs on the circuit and we've got this bit here that is a crucial bit of real estate that triangle we kept that in um and that's quite this bit here costs quite a lot of money this there's, there's a lot of tarmac there but that there you've got some really acute corners so you can just drill riders around those corners because the problem with a lot of these circuits are they're, they're quite smooth corners and if you're going to a crit in a town centre it's 90 degree corners so th- these things are crucial to uh, to to the future of cycling really
1: I mean just looking at the um, plan on a 2 d drawing, I can tell there you can coach all sorts of uh, ages and abilities there. you could have nice gentle circuits round oil, as you say you could really drill some some really tight mm. discipline and, and and coach some some real skills and you, you mentioned the cobble section there roughly how long is that cobble section
2: that cobble section is probably going to be about oh, seventy meters i 'd imagine depending on how much money. We can add add to the circuit, but you know it's not going to be like the Koppenberg, but it's it's going to be enough to give riders the feel of of how you can ride it, and before they go out to Belgium,
1: absolutely. And every lap, that's certainly enough, isn't it? Um <laughs> It's
2: going to be about a minute thirty every lap. We'd imagine if you if you're gunning it,
1: right. So the full length of the circuit, its sort of longest extension, would be
2: so like one kilometer. Right, one kilometre. We've had to go down from six meters to five meters just uh, COVID was a and lockdown was a we were about to go and build it before lockdown but it it just it just took all the wind out of our sails and then all the costs went up so we've had to we've had to take practical measures to to get this circuit built so so friends here around this area at the moment we do a this west living claring runner a cyclocross race and they it's a women only cyclocross race and uh and a youth cyclocross race and this year we inter- integrated a beginners men's so we do it around here this bit but we want to extend it onto the circuit so you'll come round there's a gate here you'll come through this bit and then back out again so we'll have a tarmac start and finish now and you know it'd be great to get a national series race up here it would be lovely to come on run up to the canal come down here and then back yeah. onto the, there's, there's so many things you can do with a small amount of space yeah. you'll know, you you'll have um, you'll have a shot with a photographer down by the side here with the. it'd be like the world championship photograph from, uh, in Italy a few years ago
1: it's a fantastic uh, concept and uh well we've been aware of it since i can't remember what year it was now but it was one of the first batches of stacy snyder's cups now it's no surprise to me that when stacy was listening to the podcast she decided richard was the most cup worthy of the three of us i have no complaints with that i I did eventually get a cup but um stacy sent richard a cup and explained all about you know the, the the work and the love that goes into making these handmade cups Um, I mean, she's an incredibly gifted ceramicist and uh, the cups are works of art, really. And Richard saw an opportunity there to offer something to podcast listeners that would be a real keepsake, a real memento, something really worth having. And rather than just kind of, you know, split the money, he suggested a, a, a charitable aspect as well so that we could raise money for um good causes some of which are registered charities and some of which are just good causes that mean something to our listeners and well the the circuit was one of the first recipients of some money
2: it, it's just a it, Richard was so supportive I, I, only, I only met him three times but he was so warm and generous and um and just to hear the facility mentioned on, on a, such a on, on such a big podcast like yours it just when there's there's quite low moments when you're on this project where you think it's never going to happen and just getting that support really lifts your spirits and really drives you forward to try and get it finished
1: yeah he's been a big supporter of, of Scottish cycling obviously represented his country which was something that obviously we good naturedly ribbed him about um, The uh, he rode the Commonwealth Games for Scotland the road race and the time trial back in 98 and supported the Braveheart Fund and was involved with the Braveheart uh, which again trying to find the next generation and and support young riders in their goal to um, make it as a professional but of course what we all know from the the model of British cycling is you need the base of the pyramid to be as wide as possible and so it's facilities like this that really draw people in if you can get children on bikes in a sort of semi-competitive fun um, but safe environment as early as possible and really get them just get them hooked on the the buzz of cycling um and then it becomes something that that they carry forward for you know the rest of their lives whether they have the talent to actually make it in the sport or not that is that is something that i think um a project like this really um you know really helps the more people that can be attracted like like i say in a safe environment um but also the cycling academy um really as as well trying to uh, cast a net as wide as possible to try and find um, riders and develop riders that might be able to make it into the pro ranks so i know that they're going to be based here as well and uh, because they're not from far away are they
2: james mccallum and peter allen set up the cycle academy which is a junior and under 23 cycling team which would be the next step really after after you've come through the ranks of a a go ride club Uh, and and james was james mccallum uh, he, he was a Ex British champion, ex Commonwealth Games cyclist, he he was the face of our um, crowdfunding campaign. So he he used the face of our crowdfunding video, and he's he's had a lot of in, uh, input into the design of the circuit uh, from his experience of crit racing as a British crit champion. So he's he, he's he's come along with the project as part of the project. And so so for him to be able to get his riders on here and drill them. Um, and get them used to cycling and sprinting and boxing them in and and getting them used to the dynamic of a sprint and also the the, the thing it's a completely flat circuit but there's a little gentle wind today but uh quite a lot of part of the year there's quite a gust coming from glasgow from the west so when you could start getting echelon training and things like that going on so that when the cycle academy go to belgium they know what to do when the echelons start start in the races
1: well you learn more racecraft in the wind than you do on the hills i think that's for sure matt um, mentioned jimmy mccallum and the cycling academy there and while the west lothian cycle circuit will be a fantastic facility for riders of all ages and abilities enabling more youngsters to get into the sport there are still some big dots to join between being a talented youngster and making it all the way up to the world tour the Cycling Academy aims to close those gaps and provide a pathway for the best junior and under twenty three riders to make the leap from club cycling to international competition.
3: We've got this like real nice moment just now where you've got what we're trying to do. we have got the circuit, the location of the circuit, how close it is to Glasgow, Edinburgh, Stirling, all kind of like the main central belt cities. Of which any of them you could drive an hour in any direction and find some beautiful roads. I mean, from from here, Linlithgow, where I live very handily next door to the circuit, if I could drive, I can drive 45 minutes and be in the beautiful gravel roads in the uh, of Aberfoyle right over the Duke's Pass and the Shoswick. So it's it's very, very accessible. And, and the fact that now we can create, a, like exactly what Pete was talking about there, a, a system which is out with the governing body and relying on that funding, we can just go on every Tuesday, we're going to have this on. And every Thursday, we're going to do a coach-led race. We're going to do on Sunday, we're going to do our crit race. And I think that the way in which our sport's going to have to evolve, especially on road, is that we have to more festival-based ideas. We see it down in the borders with the Tweed Love movement. They do—they basically run the whole of uh, all the events down in the borders. Everything from gravel racing, mountain bike racing, to uh, well, like se- seven-hour mountain bike races to, to the borders. But there's none of that actual race, race part, which is where having the circuit when Lithgow we are based, we've got. The Bathgate Alps, there's over 2,000 metres of climbing you could do there. We've got great mountain bike trails. We've got great gravel network. And I, I, I think just now it's it's an incredibly exciting time around about the middle at Central Belt of Scotland for, for the future. And we're trying to basically capitalise on that as much as possible and have just create this hotbed of, of young cyclists who just want to tear it to bits. That's what I want to say. I just want to see young athletes going at it with each other and just pushing each other to be better versions of themselves. After all, the hard work and the fighting that Matt Ball and Fraser Faulkner has done as part of that community trust, it is unbelievable the amount of work they've done. And to see it now happening is like, it, it is. I can't tell you how surreal it is when you stand and see it. It's just, it's unbelievable.
4: Yeah, Matt, Matt Ball for the New Year's Honours list, I think.
3: Oh, <laughs> the guy, the guy, relentless. And I was speaking to him this morning and he was like, oh, I need to do this, I need to do this. I'm like, bloody hell, man. He's doing everything from like business planning all the way through to like the, the timetable and what we're doing and then the launch day. And I'm like, dude, if you need any help with some of that, let us know because you're you're just putting yourself back mm. through the thin. So I ah, it's it's gonna be amazing. I just I just still can't believe it's gonna happen.
4: I guess uh it it probably started off by the fact that uh Jimmy and I were involved in helping young Scottish riders uh, develop
1: through club. The club system. This is Peter Ellen, the director of the Cycling Academy, who works alongside Jimmy.
4: Mainly the Edinburgh Road Club, uh, which um, you'll you'll have heard of probably. Um, So uh, I was a coach there for a while. My son was in it. And as the youngsters grew up uh, through the club, um, some of them went in different directions, different ways. But it became pretty clear that their optionality around developing as road riders was was quite poor. And uh, Jimmy was involved in helping run that, that youth club. And when uh, my son hit uh, 16, 17, he was becoming a junior. Uh, and the options for, for what you could do next were almost nothing uh, other than joining a club down south. There was one other club in Scotland at the time that had juniors and wasn't recruiting anyone. And so we my background is in business and entrepreneurship, um, which is a word I've always struggled to spell. But um, it's it, I, I looked around and thought, actually, this is quite a big problem. Um, we, When you look, go into pro cycling stats, you could see that the last domestically developed world tour pro was Brian Smith. Um, and in the interim, we had David Miller. Uh, who is a you know a great cyclist, but actually probably learned to ride a bike in Hong Kong, despite the fact he's Scottish. Um, and then uh, that was the, to, to the point where we founded. There was a 27 year gap, um, but, and at the same time there was 27 well Tour pros in in the UK, mostly, well, nearly all from England, Wales, and Ireland. Um, and having been around the scene for a while, I knew. A bit about where youth riders were going in with their cycling, and you know most of them were aiming for uh, the British cycling or Scottish cycling program, which is mainly track-based or mountain biking, which Scotland produces a lot of very good mountain bikers. Uh, the youth, the Scottish youth mountain biking team, tends to beat the crap out of all the other parts of the UK. And so, in the interim, uh, in that gap was, uh, or Jimmy. Um, and, and probably Evan uh, with the other sort of big names and so we ended up deciding or discussing what we're going to do about this, it's a pretty tough problem to solve and there's no particular apparent reason, people would say like it's the weather, they're like no it can't be the weather Norway's got good cyclists Uh and you know it can be pretty shit weather in Denmark sometimes as well and it's about the same distance north um, and so we went in and dug quite deep and found quite a few things Uh, and Jimmy and I Jimmy's obviously had his own journey through that, that system in cycling. We got together and we actually got Brian Smith um, to come and help us a little bit as well with our, th- our thoughts on it uh, and decided that we needed both a team and a programme because we if we just put the guys in a team, they were going to end up with the same uh, expectations and processes as, as the people in the last 27 years. And so we've since then, we've been gradually building this team and programme. I think we're actually officially... In accounting terms, we're now in our, our we're moving into our third year. We've we finished two years. Our first year was pretty awful because um we we're in the middle of COVID. You're trying to keep young riders motivated and they're not even allowed to go out and ride together. Um but once we got out and ro- rode together, it was pretty good. So we did something Zwift and all kinds of other stuff to keep the guys, you know, because you don't if you lose them at that age, they're gone, you know. Um uh but since then, like we've just completed our first full year. Um, we won four Scottish championships with three riders. Um we competed at Aim val Valromi in Rhone-Alps, which is effectively the under-19 Tour de France. We did pretty well there actually. We had riders up in league groups and competing hard. That was our first ever UCI races. And then we were back in uh, Belgium in September for the Kaiser Juniors, which was a stage race that includes with uh, the uh, Quermont and uh, Paterberg um, in pretty crazy conditions, 40 mile an hour driving rain and wind, which actually suited us quite well. <laughs> and we did pretty good in that. We got a fifth and a 24th, I think it was, and we're all uh, a, a bunch of riders all 30 seconds off the win. So we feel like we're making progress, but we really are uh, we're still unpicking the problem of why Scotland's not producing these riders uh, and starting to put bits and pieces in place. We've just, uh, last weekend, we just did our, our kind of uh, first team camp of the year. I think we're feeling quite optimistic now because uh, we feel like, okay, we've, we've proven we've got the best team in Scotland. We've proven we can compete in all the British national races with you know all the best junior teams that are better established. So now we need to take the next level up and work out how to do that. And uh, I think, yeah, we see it as a, I think when we started this, we thought it would probably take us seven years uh, to, to really get to where we should be. So that we've got Scottish riders on a par with, with the riders in England and Wales. And There's real hotspots in England and Wales, obviously Yorkshire and uh, South Wales are hotspots for cyclists. Um, and happily as well, Sean Flynn, um, one of the Edinburgh Club lads got signed to DSM the other day. So he's broken the duck (laughs) uh, for the, well, it must be 28 years now um, since somebody came through the Scottish club system. So that's good. And we know Sean well from the kind of youth coaching days. He's a pretty exceptional individual. Um, So a great role model for our young riders.
3: It's not just creating great bike riders. It's creating really robust and confident individuals who are, are very, very aware of what they're able to do and not scared to adventure off of the kind of the normal line and the normal pathways that we've got. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we've been so successful with the the British cycling point of view and the Team Sky and the GB track programme that the unfortunate part of that is people get brainwashed by it and you're either good enough to be on Sky or you're an Olympic champion or you're, you're rubbish and you get lost in sport. So there has to be other avenues. And the whole idea of the Cycling Academy originally in its essence was that wanted to give anyone who wanted to really further themselves in sport of cycling, they can have access to coaching, access to team, access to to everything that you would need without having to be in that small little window of pathway recognition from a governing body because they don't see everything. They're quite narrow. Their, Their vision's quite narrow because they're focused on very specific things. But for us, now that we've got a facility going to be you know, pretty much laid on the ground in the next couple of months in the lift goal, we're now going to use that as our place where anyone can come and access what we're doing as a team, they can become part of that team, creating that hotbed, creating that community, all based off of what this team is trying to do. And it kind of worked reverse. It was reverse kind of created and engineered because the whole idea was to do it off the back of the circuit and then build into a team. But we create the team and then we're just going to reverse engineer it. And basically what we're trying to do now is, is lift and create that um, that mindset um, regarding, well, why can't we? We're fortunate enough that we've got local riders like Cameron Mason, who has went from being a local club kid at like 10 years old to being one of the best cyclocross riders in the world on his day and riding for Trinity. He's in the right place. He's a really, really approachable kid. And having people run about that, we had him at our training camp at the weekend in the, in the Costa del Dildonun, and it was really cool to, for them to actually just see him and talk to him and realise he's just like me and, that, for me, is the biggest difference that we're seeing now. There's way more, um, it's way more realistic for them to actually understand that it is a viable path. But our job is also to explain what that pathway looks like and help them get an idea in their mind's eye of what they think it looks like. And then we'll pick it apart and say, well, if you do this part then and then do that bit there, and we you try and do this amount of training when you're this age, and we expose you to better racing in Europe, well, you're on the right path. And from that point of view, it's really about just creating a very obvious, almost in-your-face pathway for them that they can actually be professional bike riders. And it's not necessarily got to just be about them coming into the sport. It's also the exit points as well. Where are those exit points for these young athletes?
5: The Tour d'Ecos is sponsored by Super Sapiens, You can use SuperSapien's data to find out the foods that work best for you, when to fuel for optimum performance, and how to keep the dreaded bonk at bay. Real-time glucose data at your fingertips means no more guesswork on fueling. Last night as I lay sleeping, there came a dream to me. I was in the stand at Hamden Park, the football 40 C. And as I gazed upon the scene, I was absolutely sure that the European Cup was in the group of the team from Stenhouse-Moor. The European Cup was in the grub of the team from stenhouse <laughs> Good refereeing,
1: yeah? Good refereeing, you think? Yeah. He was holding him back
6: and uh, the young lad let him know that he was holding him back and let the play go momentarily, no advantage, brought it back.
1: Gave a free kick to, I assume, Stenhouse Muir in the maroon shirts. Uh, There was a junior game on at Falkirk, our first stop today as well, wasn't there? And we asked the lady who was playing and she said it was Falkirk against Blackburn. Um, Obviously we thought... That meant Blackburn Rovers, but it wasn't Blackburn Rovers, was it? It was Blackburn, a club from Bathgate, which we came through a couple of days ago on our way into Edinburgh. And, uh, yeah, these these, uh, fourth-generation pitches, the artificial surfaces, mean that they get a lot of use, don't they? Lots of uh, junior teams, community teams. As somebody told us a few days ago, they also get rented out for walking football for older people. We're nearly ready for walking football, aren't we? We're
6: we're doing the bending
1: down thing again, aren't we? Yeah, we've been doing a bit of walking cycling this week, haven't we? (laughs) Um, But yeah, Falkirk, the Falkirk Stadium. There was a junior game on there and then we wiggled our way back out on the cycle path, past the Kelpies, Two, two huge horse head structures, 30 meters high, sort of rearing up out of the ground and they have been constructed to, uh, well, Kelpies are shape-shifting water spirits, and they are horse head-shaped as a monument to horse-powered heritage across Scotland, and they are impressive, aren't they?
6: Absolutely beautiful, mm. yeah, yeah, really impressive.
1: And that bit of cycle path on the Forth and Clyde Canal, incredible to think that that was the Forth and Clyde Canal that we were on down at Dumbarton several days ago Tuesday in fact so it stretches all across Scotland and now here we are at Stenhouse Muir next to the Norway stand and I suppose well this is a Norwegian Stenhouse Muir fan club founded in 1992 people after our own hearts really because they were browsing the football results on whatever the Norwegian equivalent of Teletext was And they saw Stenhouse Muir and felt that it sounded very similar to an Old Norse uh, word. So apparently, and I'm quoting from Nutmeg, the Scottish football magazine here, Sten means stone, house means house, and Muir is open to different interpretations, but it could mean wall, um, it could mean bog or marsh, but either way, Stenhouse Muir was the club that spoke to the Norwegian fans and uh, they sponsored that stand, I guess.
6: Good on them. Did you remember me um, asking the lady... I asked the lady from Blackburn where Blackburn was and she said, it's it's in Blackburn.
1: (laughs) That was, um, yeah, I mean, ask a silly question, I guess. Yeah. Where is Blackburn? It's Black it's in Blackburn. Yeah.
6: You looked it up, didn't you? And we, we now know where we now know. Scottish Blackburn. Yeah, is. Scottish yeah.
1: Blackburn. Bathgate.
6: Good little players. Yeah. I wonder who they're playing. Who would play in light, sky blue like that? Oh a goal!
1: Yeah. Nice finish. Oh few recriminations in the defence there amongst yeah. the maroon clad players. So and the stadium Simon Ockhill view because the Ockhill hills are the range of hills between here and Stirling where we're going but fortunately we don't have to go over them the race directors taken pity on us we have a more or less entirely pan flat route today although the wind is up a little bit might be headwindy on the way up to Stirling possibly
6: um, how far away is that?
1: Stirling Albion, 18 kilometres from here, and then... you you being kind to me and doing the thing you did yesterday? No, I'm telling you the truth. Oh. So it is 18 kilometres. Yeah, I played a trick on your brain, didn't I, at uh, Kelty, when I said, what did I say? It was 15 kilometres to Dunfermline, when it was actually only about 7 or 8.
6: My shoulders slumped at 15, and then when we arrived in what well, I... Well, which I thought as no man's land, after about 9 or 10 I thought... Still wasn't even that it wasn't even that Is it not? Like,
1: no no it was a, but we came into the outskirts of Dunfermline and I thought you must have had a little boost there thinking well we must, we're must, we, we're here Well, we're, no I saw what I thought was
6: a football ground but then my brain was telling me it can't be it must be a, a mirage or you know and it, but it didn't have that sort of wobbly effect that you oh, you okay. have it, if, if you're in the desert and you see a, a little lake or something
1: we've got to that point haven't we we started <laughs> seeing football grounds everywhere <laughs> anything that looks like a floodlight I'm like, oh, I wonder who play there and then it would turn out to be a lorry park
6: <laughs> <laughs> that, how, that happened earlier, did you get that? Yeah, yeah. Completely. I bet they the same bit I saw some sort of red boarding outside and what looked like a little turnstile Just...
1: I, I get this driving around Europe though covering the races you drive down the road and you think oh, the Tour's been down here in, if you're in France obviously or, you know, or in Belgium oh, the Tour of Flanders comes along here and then it does a left up there or and these these little moments of I want to say deja vu, but it's not quite deja vu. And the same happens with football grounds. Driving around Europe, thinking, oh, so and so play here, and then you'll see the floodlights and think, oh, that's their ground.
6: It's nice. Well, I I love the when we're pedalling along, and then you get the first glimpse of the ground. I think I've already said this, but you get the first little glimpse of, of the ground, the stadium, or a floodlight, or a some nice sort of font, the club mm. written in a nice font and yeah
1: yeah. yeah yeah and there's a kind of there's a sort of league table of um, you know what makes a good one and what makes a bad one so we've been a little bit down on the brand new stadium, haven't we the, the modern grounds but actually I thought Falkirk was a really good example they have, they've displayed their badge really elegantly on the side there's quite an imposing front and a set of offices and you know a big glass fronted section, nice modern stadium they've done it well there um but I also like the kind of slightly weather worn weather beaten um peeling paint, making the best of a not a lot and I think Stenhouse Muir here is sort of in the middle it's got a lovely uh Stenhouse Muir Football Club along the front of the turnstile, just on the corner as we came in there. I think that's where we should do our increasingly comfortable hug photo. I'm getting used to it.
6: Mm. (laughs) It's the poke in the ribs I'm not so keen on. (laughs) Well, I think that's
1: two all, isn't it, on the old
6: Puncture Stakes? 3-2
1: three two to you because you you started the tour de Coste with a puncture if you remember yeah, way back yeah, yeah, you, yeah driving up to okay. Gretna saying oh I've, i didn't notice it i didn't notice trying to fix it in a car park at the services making matters slightly worse we were, we were we were we dealt with that adversity very well I felt considering no
6: yeah well no i mean i was the point of me switching on the recorder there was to sort of smugly say that's too old but you've
1: (laughs) you've you've battered
6: me down pretty well there this
1: this tire was brand new but it looks like it's done a season now doesn't it it's
6: got flat bits
1: In the middle bit, I mean, it's uh, we've we've put it through, yeah. Look, it's tread's completely gone there. We have pushed it a bit on the road surface in places, quite gravelly, over the last couple of days. Um, but that was a little piece of glass come out of the tube, oh, sorry, out of the tyre. So I'm now just doing the thing that I do obsessively uh, very very good, yeah. Check the inside of the tyre to make sure nothing's poking through. Just look and it was slightly on the side, which is where they tend to go. We could see Stirling's majestic castle for miles away as we approached the city, skirting past Bannockburn, scene of one of Scotland's finest victories over the English. King Edward II of England's huge army of 25,000 soldiers invaded Scotland in June 1314, but Robert the Bruce's army, which was a quarter of the size, defeated them. It was part of the first war of Scottish independence, but the Scots would have to wait another 14 years for the final victory over the English. That was a pleasant bit, wasn't it, Simon? It was nice,
6: yeah. I, I had a, a quite a bit of a emotional moment watching you we we're on a little farm track you went round a corner quite a bit in front of me if I'm honest that was the only annoying part about it but then I, you were cruising along and there's Stirling Castle behind you and then snowy snowy peaks beyond that it was yeah, absolutely lovely.
1: Yeah lovely ride that from Stenhouse Muir to Stirling and here we are Stirling Albion and the mountains in the background and our penultimate stop before, well, next stop Alloa and that's the end of this section of the Tour de Cosse.
6: We we we've got a little um, culinary treat at Alloa haven't we?
1: Well hopefully. Alan Patallo sent me a message early in the week saying if you do make it to Alloa Athletic do try the pie in a roll. Meat pie in a bread roll. I'm up for trying. I think, well, we're both feeling a little hollow, aren't we? I, I've not, um, I've made the ridiculous mistake of thinking that because it's only 55k, it's, I don't need to, and I'm paying the price and I'm I'm kicking myself because I've got plenty of stuff, plenty of science in sport. I've had a an emergency tiramisu bake, but just hitting myself on the head for not, following the rule of 20 minutes, didn't having a munch. It. Didn't carb it last night either. We didn't have any carbs last night. We did have a very, very nice steak though, didn't we? It was nice. It was nice, yeah. And uh, that feels like it's repaired my legs a bit. <laughs> but um, oh, it's such a... And you know, you know, I was riding along there feeling the energy tank, the needle, just ticking down quicker than it, perhaps needs to and just uh yeah it's such an easy mistake to make it's just got to keep eating and drinking calories otherwise the energy is just slipping out of you especially when it's cold and it sounds so i mean lizzie is a pro rider and it sounds like the simplest tip in the world but it's so true especially on the ninth day pay for mistakes made 48 hours ago basically um, but I think I've got it more or less right all through the week but just today well yeah made the mistake of thinking it's relatively short so we don't need to eat anything <laughs> <laughs> I've left plenty of room for a pie and a roll <laughs> Chute,
3: shoot uh, à l'arrière du peloton. cycling podcast team car at the back of the pack please
1: that's Seb Piquet, the voice of Radio Tour, to remind me to tell you that the whole Tour de Coste series is sponsored by the Hammerhead Carew 2, which has got us as far as Aloua without a hitch, and now it's time for me to get the laptop back out and start plotting the routes for the second portion of the tour, which will take us all the way from Bonnie Rig up to Dingwall and the home of Ross County Football Club. There's an awful lot more Scotland to explore beyond Dingwall as well and if you want to go cycling on roads that are unfamiliar to you I can really recommend the Karoo 2's mapping, turn by turn directions and the yellow line which keeps you on track at all points. If you'd like to buy a Karoo 2 you can do so at hammerhead.io and at the moment you can get a free heart rate monitor with every purchase with the promo code cycle. Go to hammerhead.io, put the heart rate monitor and the Carew 2 into your shopping cart, and then use the promo code Cycle to get the heart rate monitor for free.
5: Science in sport, not just the fuel of athletes, but the fuel of champions. From Filippo Ganna to Ethan Hayter, and now Lionel Burney and Simon Gill. The 2022 Tour de Cos champions, admittedly champions by default. Their ride is fueled by Science in Sport. Their bottles filled to the brim with beta fuel. Their cafe breaks boosted by energy bakes. Get 25% off at scienceinsport.com with the code SISCP25.
0: Aloha Athletic number one, P.G. Morrison. Number two, Scott Taggart. Number four, Craig Howie. Number five, Andy Graham. Number six, Mark Durnan. Number 8, John Robertson. Number 15, Ross McIver. Number 11, Stephen Boyd. Number 12, Stefan Schugel. Number 18, Connor Salmon. And number 22, Ewan Henderson. All our substitutes for today number 31, David Hutton. Number 17, Jordan Armstrong. Number 3, Daniel Church. Number 20, Cameron O'Donnell. Number 19, Mohammed Niang. Number 16, Adam King. Number 28, Blaise Riley Snow. Number 9, Ben Armour. The match officials for today, referee is Chris Fordyce. He's assisted by David McNiff and Paul McVinew.
1: Oh, Alloa Athletic FC, love them already. Black and yellow, the nickname the Wasps, Watford of the Hornets. It's like it was meant to be, Simon. Um, We'll be firmly supporting Alloa this afternoon, I think, won't we? And that's it, stage nine, completed. Nine days on the road, 750 kilometres, 30, yeah.
6: That was the total. That's a lot, isn't it? It's
1: a fair fair amount. Yeah. 35 hours in the saddle, 26 Scottish League grounds done. So what does that leave us still to do? 16. Good Is math, that right? Good math. I was struggling 32 there.
6: 32 minus minus twenty. I can't remember what you said now. Oh, dear
1: there's we some need a more to do liner, we, we need a pie we about. need a pie and a roll yeah oh amazing
6: the sun's come out hasn't it look at the blossom on the tree
1: there yeah fitting and I know when you, you get when in the you, ground a view oh, there is a view there is a view the hills there yeah and we're in Clackmannanshire, I think this is isn't it oh. and what a sensational week
6: yeah very well done superb um route planning you know you've you've had a you've had a tough old week and you've kept it together really well and it's yeah hats off you're strong on the bike strong in the mind
1: and haven't felt so strong in the mind all week i must admit but but there's been some low moments and some some nice moments and yeah i suppose I regret nothing about the week at all other than I can't talk to Richard about it and just have him tell me where I went wrong and all the things that I didn't know about the places we went through. And, you know, oh, did you go here? Oh, you should have gone there. You know, his local knowledge would have been uh, invaluable, wouldn't it? But the second half, well, the first half that we've just done, because football we know is a game of two halves, Simon. Did you know that? Well, uh, according to St and Greaves, which we grew up with. It's a game of two halves. Uneven halves in this case, because uh, I don't think it will take nine days to do the rest of the grounds in the northern part of Scotland. Of course, only goes as far as Dingwall, and there's an awful lot more Scotland after that, isn't there? But we're um, this has been a very private week, really. The intention was that we would let people follow our incredibly slow-moving dot um but we've we've kept it quiet because i think we both wanted some quiet time to reflect and just it's been fantastic having you here simon because we've we've been able to talk about richard a lot but then ride in comfortable silence at other times this trip has been all consuming hasn't it the riding the planning the recording thinking ahead trying to think one step ahead all the time and I think it's helped me in some ways but it's just postponed having to confront the enormous void that I know I'm going to feel when I get home so there we go we've completed what we set out to do and even in ordinary circumstances I don't think that was a given so I feel really proud of ourselves that we've done it and we couldn't have done it without sam slatter who's been fantastic all week he's, he's still taking pictures of us simon still taking pictures what have you made of it all sam
6: oh it's been incredible hasn't it i was just thinking about how it's so urban and then we've had so much countryside at the same time and Alloa is a perfect mix of both because we saw snowy mountain peaks big high rolling mountains behind us and then you're back in the urbanness of aloe so yeah it's been a lovely blend of all of it and all of it's been great yeah
1: well thanks very much for all your support you've been exactly what i hoped you'd be driving the team bus um fixing the punctures just keeping our spirits up and you know you never met richard i know you've listened to some of the cycling podcast um but it's it's been helpful having you here because it's been a uh a, you know a nice break from the from the overwhelmingly sad, sad thoughts that yeah. we've been having. So. I think it, the little trio we've created this week has, has worked really well, and I'm I'm really glad. I think you you've got a future ahead of you as a <laughs> professional cycling photographer. So, as I said to you the other night, if you ever want to go to a race with Simon and, and take some pictures of the pros, I mean they do move a bit quicker than us, yeah. so you've got <laughs> yeah. to get your eye in a bit quicker. quicker <laughs> Simon, anyway, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, you can say that now we've finished. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's time for an Aloe Pie in a roll and a game of football, Aloe Athletic against Clyde and uh, then back to Edinburgh.
6: Come on you wasps.
1: Oh yeah. One please. Thank you very much. Well, have you seen a black and gold pie? Pie, black pudding and beans. I don't know, I don't know whether that goes on a roll or not. Oh. 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 Oh, on a roll. Do we have sauce any of them? Sauce, any sauce? Um, brown sauce? No, that
6: traditional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, brown, on, all yeah.
1: Of them, brown on all three then, please. We're all together. So, three
6: weirdos here so, are together. Uh, yeah. Sorry, can I just have a. Sorry, you don't take card, do you? Right. Scott's quite too quick. Yeah,
1: all for stage nine it feels like the end of the road but as we've said actually it's only half time and we'll resume the journey in bonnie rig in the next episode the tour de cost was recorded by me lionel Burney, and simon gill the series was produced by tom wally sam slatter the driver of our faithful broomwagon wagon and so much more does leave us at this point though and i'd like to say a big thank you to sam for his patience support and good humor over the first part of our journey Hopefully, he'll join us on the road for another adventure in the future. Perhaps next time on two wheels rather than on
0: four. Scottish League Premier Division, Aberdeen 2, Kilmarnock 0. Celtic 5, Morton 1. And the United against Motherwell evening kickoff at 7.30. Hibernian 0, nil, Rangers 0. nil 0, nil, Dundee 0. Nil. The Cycling Podcast was created in 2013 by Richard Moore, Daniel Freib and Lionel Burney
6: i've been meaning to tell you this for a while actually but i was asked not to tell you but i think now's the time um i'm sure you know of catherine moore the um former gcn gravel presenter um anyway she had two cats that i think adopted her um two lovely beautiful tabbies um and she didn't know what to call them and one of her friends or the person she was living with at the time a huge huge cycling podcast fan So called them Lionel and Richard (laughs) and um, later found out that they were both girls. (laughs) Um, Richard actually um, went missing. So now she only has Lionel. Um, But Lionel is a lady, but she's still called Lionel. (laughs) Really beautiful tabby cat, um, tabby lady called Lionel.